Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. I'm Nate Smith. I'm here with one evil genius, and we just watched the Cavs lose to the <coughs> Boston Celtics. What was the final score, EG? It was one oh something to ninety something. Hang on, <laughs> one oh something to ninety something. Wow. Yeah, it was one oh three to ninety six. Which pretty close game, all things considered. Which was a damn sight better than the Lakers did against Indiana losing. 136 to 94. Yeah, 42 point loss, the largest in LeBron's career. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I want to see what the uh, plus minus is that. Take that for statistics. Yeah, he was, uh, I think he was an uncharacteristic minus 17, but uh, Brandon Ingram was minus 31, and Rondo was the worst at minus 32. Ooh. Yeah. In 20 minutes. Yeah. So I was at the bar watching some of that game, and it was brutal. I mean, yeah. the Indiana fans were merciless. As, as they should be. <laughs> absolutely. LeBron, LeBron knocked their team out of the playoffs last year. Absolutely. And as they uh, were chanting to all the Lakers players, LeBron's going to trade you, which was yeah. fantastic. With the with the with the one exception being JaVale McGee, when he was at the line, they chanted, "Not worth trading." So. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and then <laughs> and then tonight the Cavs, uh, a pretty entertaining game, a ninety six one hundred three loss to the Celtics. They were uh, they were a healthy Jetty Osman and his jump sh- improved jump improving jump shot away from winning this game. I think uh, absolutely, and one of the better um, Colin Sexton games as a Cavalier. Yeah, well, at least one of the better three quarter stretches. Yeah, he wasn't great like, in the fourth oh, quarter. He was like zero oh, six in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, but didn't make an impact. He did get fouled at least twice on shots that he took. He got fouled a lot and never got a call. I don't know what it is. He cannot buy a call. (laughs) Well, all the Cavs couldn't buy a call. Like, he he couldn't buy calls. Uh, 
Clarkson, who had a terrible shooting game, but a lot of it was he got fouled almost on, on almost every shot. I mean, he had a couple wide open threes he yeah. missed, but anytime he he drove inside, he got hacked and no call. And then Ante Zizic got hacked and no call. Uh, and then Larry Nance picked up a foul. Uh, when Jason Tatum was running up the court and <laughs> himself <laughs> tripped over his own feet, <laughs> Kenny Mauer decided to call a foul on Larry Nance and send Jason Tatum. He was Tatum like to the line. three feet, more than three, five or six feet away from him. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, I mean, it was just they had plenty of opportunity to look at it and and change the call and admit they were wrong that he tripped on nothing but his own leg. It's like just uncoordinated and it should have been a travel call, but that's that's life in the NBA for a Cavs team that no longer has LeBron and is uh, not very good. So, yeah. you know, when you're playing the Celtics, even on your, your home floor, like refs aren't going to have any, any sympathy for you. And it's not like, I mean, I think Cavs got, they were seven of eight from the line tonight and they could have easily had another, 10 opportunities to the line and oh as opposed to 12, 12 on his own so as opposed to 14 of 14 for the celtics yeah well 12 of 12 for tatum because yeah tatum has that annoying uh kobe harden move where he sweeps the arms under and draws the maybe the other than other than falling the flail and flop it's probably my second least favorite uh foul call that they call yeah. in the league because it's like you're sweeping your arms up. Like, what's the defensive player supposed to do? I mean, there's really, really no way you can defend that. Well, there I is. Just, you just don't reach. You keep your arm <laughs> up instead of out. Even when they did, like got called on one where he wasn't reaching, and yeah. he just swept the arms up into him. Like, it's when the offensive player initiates contact that should be an offensive foul. Yeah, there was a lot of uncalled fouls for. Boston tonight. I mean, they were showing him on every replay. Colin Sexton probably got fouled four or five times with no call. At least, oh, yeah. I mean, it he was... Got, he got ping-ponged one time, and he still made the shot. Yeah, and I, I gotta <laughs> say, Colin Sexton, a really nice game with, uh, what was his final box score here? Hold on. Colin uh, Sexton it... with 27 points on 24 shots, 11 of 24, Three of seven from three, four boards, three assists, two turnovers, and two steals. Yeah. A really solid night. Really attacked the basket well. Well, um, and he was 11-18 before the fourth quarter, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and over six over the fourth quarter. But uh, Alec Burks, another solid night with 21 points. It is potential farewell performance. Potential, although I... Uh, if I'm the Cavs, even if I trade him, I'm interested in him in free agency this year because I think he played really well. Sure, but I don't know. I mean, the problem is Burks is a little older, isn't he? He's 28. Yeah, but that's in his in your prime for an NBA player. Not not when you're on a rebuilding, tanking team. <laughs> well, that is true, but <clears throat> it's why they've been ta- why they've had low key talks about trying to trade Kevin Love and. They're not getting any takers because Kevin Love's what thirty one well, now and on well, a Is Kevin Love really thirty one? I think he might be, yeah. I think he was thirty. I think he might have just turned thirty one. I'm no, not sure. I don't think so. <laughs> um I got I gotta look and see this now. H- Alright, well while you do that, 
hot Google action, I will. Uh, September 7th is his birthday, so he will not be 31 till next season. So basically the next time he plays again. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Come on. He's, somebody said on, on the radio today, he's out of the last like three years, he's played 123 games. Oh, That's I... terrible. The the contract extension is not looking incredibly intelligent right now, but who knows? <laughs> well, if you can if you can pair him with a Zion Williamson or an R.J. Barrett or a Reddish, and if Sexton if Sexton takes strides forward like he did tonight, like what he did tonight, what I think I said it on the thread. He he it was the best I've seen him change speeds on his drives all year and he was consequently like blowing by guys that were he really was. supposed he was to be good really defensive nice and he was doing it against good defensive point guards and in, in uh Rozier and um Marcus Smart so although one part of that is i think he's just playing against the scouting report but but know, hey that's 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 an improvement absolutely. playing against the scouting stepping report, around right? the direction Larry Nance a really nice night at least um it got better. It, it started rough. It did, but he was 5 for 8 from the floor, 11 points, 12 rebounds, yeah. but a team low minus 14, and Jordan Clarkson was really not good tonight. Yeah. Um, Couldn't find a shot. He no. was shooting. He, he, he had a, one that he overclubbed, and then he underclubbed, and then he was getting hacked, and he was getting frustrated, and you could tell he was just, you know. He, he made some good plays. He had a nice... Uh, drawn charge on I think it was Rozier or Smart um, where it looked like you'd read the scouting report and he made a couple of nice passes but um, yeah, one for seven from three two for 13 from the line I mean he was throwing up a lot of garbage yeah uh, with double digits on the shot clock still and I was like what are you doing I think he was frustrated but a good look oh. a good game from him good game from him and it's, it's that's the there. difference yeah. yeah or Jetty's health healthy and you know knocking down a few threes, then that changes it too. But Cavs nine of 27 percent from three. That's just yeah. it's pretty rough. And the Celtics well, weren't much better. They were at least they they at least got rewarded getting getting to the line, or at least Tatum did. Well, and a strange line for Ante Zizic, who only played twenty three minutes, yet scored uh, eight points and had twelve rebounds. And you would think that maybe he deserved some more playing time, but he did not get it. And uh, yeah, what happened was, at least as far as I could tell, Ante played played real nice in the first quarter, but then picked up two fouls uh, with like I think with like eight minutes in, and then Nance kind of came in and and played most of the minutes. Um, you know, they got back in there for a little bit in the second half. And then there was that stretch in the fourth where they played, Drew played Zizic and, and uh, Nance together, try to go a little bit bigger on the Celtics because they don't really have, with, without, um, without uh, what's their alt-right center? <laughs> Marcus Morris. No, I can't no, remember if it's Marcus guy. or Marquis. No, no, oh, the, Aaron the, Baines. Yeah, Aaron Baines. Without Aaron Baines <laughs> in there. Alt-right center, come on. <laughs> Do you haircuts? You're, you're, you're thinking. You're thinking of American Patriot uh, Spencer Hawes. <laughs> Come on, you, you can't tell me that that Baines doesn't look like like a 
Hey, like I, a, I, I can't like tell a you bike, that. A biker Nazi from uh, <laughs> I don't know, somewhere in Virginia. Hey, he's your countryman. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. I shouldn't be so hard on him. I just can't see that guy. Oh, um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, they were they tried to go big on him, and it it would have worked had they actually gotten the fouls that they – I mean, that pass was great from that interior pass towards the end when Nance got it into Ante, and then, you know, Ante fake going up, went up, got absolutely hacked, and then the ball went out of bounds, and somehow – they didn't call the Celtics for being out of bounds with the ball, and then the Celtics got the ball, and then there I think was Marcus. a lot of BS on called fouls in that game. I mean, the Cavs got to the line. When is the last time you have seen an NBA team shoot, um, what eight free throws? Eight free throws, but also, I mean, they took thirty-three threes, but they also took sixty-three shots inside the line, and <laughs> they only got eight free throws it was a little ridiculous like the yeah. amount of non-calls that they got yeah but like we said it's it's just the way it is they're not going to get calls they're no. they're the they're the you know bottom five team in the nba and bottom five teams don't get calls and that's yeah, just the way it is like i mean when the Cavs were really good and they would play cellar dwellers the Cavs would get the calls and the the cellar dwellers wouldn't so just yeah. a way of the way of the NBA as they say but and you know for yeah we say that about Jetty and Clarkson had you know had a decent game that's the difference but then you know Kyrie didn't play either and and he he certainly well they arrested quite a few guys Kyrie Aaron Baines uh, Morris um... well I think I think Baines is legit out. But um, well, no, but, yeah. not rested, but a lot of guys. Out. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Well, we don't, the Cavs have Kevin Love and and uh, Chet Henson, and Tristan Thompson. Henson, and Henson, and Tristan, and, yes. yeah, I mean, yeah, like Tristan Thompson, no, known <laughs> a hundred million uh, Al Horford worth of, or sixty million dollars worth of yeah. big men out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And you know, Tristan's a known Al Horford abuser. So, oh, absolutely. But I thought I thought Ante did to pick up what you were saying. I think Ante did a nice job. I mean, to get twelve rebounds in twenty three minutes, that's that's pretty yeah, impressive. He was he had a really nice there was a possession where they had about five shots at the basket and finally Ante put it in. And I was actually really impressed with the stick to itiveness of Ante's visage and the Cavs yeah. um as a team out rebounded them. Um what was the final rebounding? Um Forty-seven to. Uh, it was 40. actually fifty-four to forty-four, if you include team rebounds. Oh, so, okay. Uh, yeah, or fifty-four to forty-five. And who yeah, do they who do they nice. give team rebounds to? So team rebounds are the ones if they like go out of bounds. Um, like okay. If it gets knocked out of bounds and nobody actually gets the rebound, but the team gets the ball, you know what I mean? Right. So that's I, that's how team rebounds work. So. I get it. Um, yeah, it was a weird that they started Dang Adele, although he played some decent defense. Uh, he did. He tried. He tried. I mean, Tatum just, you know, I mean, you're not going to stop that guy if he if he gets in the paint. But um, yes, he is uh, got that Kobe turnaround down to a T and he had a very Kobe-esque line with six of 13 from the floor for 25 points and 
a ridiculous 12 of 12 uh, from the free throw line. Um, Harden-esque. <laughs> yeah, Harden-esque. Or Kobe has. Kobe was a pretty good free throw shooter, too. So. I bet even even Harden never got uh, never got to the line after tripping himself up. <laughs> he, he's probably looking at that on tape saying, man, i got to figure out how to do that one. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that is, that is golden turd-esque. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. if you could do that all game, it's like trip yourself, get to the line. No, but you I thought play, you have to play the game. Yeah, and Gordon Hayward had a nice game for the Celtics. A lot of mid rangers for Gordon Hayward. Uh, nine. He always seems to play well against the Cavs. Maybe maybe it's the revenge factor for breaking his leg in the in the <laughs> opening game last year. But it really had nothing to do. I mean, that was so fluke. It really wasn't the Cavs, but. No, yeah, but it's it, the it's the building where it happened, so I'm sure that's probably yeah. bad. You know, he just wants to, you know, that's the best way to get rid of those those memories is to go out and play hard and do well because he he doesn't do well against most teams. I mean, he's yeah he he's been he's been averaging game. like two points over the last three weeks. So yeah, eighteen six and five for Gordon Hayward, really nice game. Um, and the Celtics went pretty heavy into their vent, bench. Um. Brad Wanamaker and Daniel Theus and Semi Ojale all had at least Semi Ojale. <laughs> that's that's the difference right there. You can't plan for Semi Ojale. No, you can't. That's the uh, that's the Corver Buster right there. Yeah. Just that's Ty Lue. <laughs> Ty Lue, who is on the rumor mill for the Lakers, along with uh, Jason Kidd and I can't. Yeah, I can't tell who I want to get that job more. <laughs> Him, Jake Kidd, or uh, the mama, there goes that man. <laughs> Mark Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is um it is a circus they're running in LA right now. The inmates are running the asylum. Did you see that that post I, I put up of LeBron <laughs> sitting on the edge of the end of the bench? And there's like three chairs in between, <laughs> empty chairs between him and the rest of the team. Yeah. And then the rest of the team's all on the other side. They're like, yeah, they're all getting traded. <laughs> no, I did not see that, but it's very funny. Even... We'll, get into, we'll get into that, the Lakers trade in a little bit, but after we wrap up this, this recap, but, um, but man, I, I feel like they've just, it's just so much fun to watch them them twist in the wind after bidding against themselves for <laughs> an entire week. Yeah, and what was it? The new rumor today they have uh, they have what it, removed themselves from the trade talks after after they off after they up their offer to pretty much everybody on the team, everyone, literally everyone. They aside they said, from LeBron James, I, I just love all the stuff that gets floated out there. It's like now the the headline is that Woj puts up is Lakers waiting for counteroffer from Pelicans and Anthony Davis trade talks saying that Magic Johnson wants him to start offering counterproposals to on to the offers on the all-star Anthony Davis threatening to end talks unless the <laughs> Pelicans show a willingness to engage in a back and forth on reaching a deal it's to, like, with the team that right they ahead, basically dude. feel as if. Yeah. They tampered with their own player. Here's the great part. So the Lakers on Monday night added two more players, Josh Hart and Ivica Zubac, to a trade package that already included Brandon Ingram, <laughs> Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, and two first-round picks. Well, the funny well, thing about there. it. Like, well, but... that's it. That's everyone. That's Josh Hart, <laughs> Zubac, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, and two first-round picks. But 
the the rumor is that the the Pelicans have the Pelicans have put out there the impossible ask, which is four first round picks and some of these players and a couple of second rounders. Which, I mean, that's a that's a Mike Ditka trading for Ricky Williams franchise killer. Like you can't do that, even if you're Magic Johnson. But I love the pressure that's on these guys. <laughs> You know, like after all the junk they talked about, we're not going to build a team like the Cavs did. You know, we're going to put playmakers around LeBron. Uh, we're, you know, we're we're going to make the, you know, this is this, and it's just hilarious. I'm like, where are your playmakers now, dude? <laughs> they're all they're all screaming at your coach in the locker room or <laughs> sitting glumly on the bench as your team loses by 42 to a team that played last night in New Orleans. And doesn't have their best player. <laughs> the best part of the whole thing is is just the um, like Luke Walton, like you know he doesn't want to be there anymore, but he knows that they will buy him out eventually. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. They because they're the Lakers and they buy everyone out. I mean they're. Oh, they're second only to Dan Gilbert when it comes to paying uh, paying coaches that that don't work for them anymore. <laughs> so it's, it's so ridiculous. But did you see that play tonight? The the uncontested dunk down the middle of the lane by uh, Miles Turner. And no. imme- what was great about it was it wasn't the dunk. It wasn't that no one tried to block him. It was the the open handed like disbelieving shrug that LeBron gave immediately following <laughs> did not see it. at the rest of his oh you have to look it up on Twitter I can send it to you if you want but it was just like oh my god shades of, <laughs> of last year where it's just that like hey why didn't you get that guy and there was like too afraid to say because he was your guy dude like what <laughs> like, rotate rotate and stop him take oh, a chance. yeah we saw plenty of that last year I mean yeah. come on but it's just that it's it's just so much. I mean, look for as bad as the Cavs are right now, for as dire straits as the, the team is in, for as long as it will take to rebuild and restock and be something ever again in the East in a few years, it's just so much fun to watch the carnival that's unfolded in Los Angeles. Yeah, because that was us for the last. Four years. Well, and not only that, it's two guys with enormous egos. Dan Gilbert, who basically decided it was easier to blow up his own team than deal with LeBron anymore. And LeBron, who decided, I would rather go to the Lakers than deal with Dan Gilbert anymore. Yep. (laughs) And, you know, in a way, the two deserved each other. (laughs) Well, now now LeBron's got a larger ego and... In Magic Johnson and Rob Polinka, who I don't know why anybody thinks those guys can run anything. I mean, <laughs> no. look at what's happened to like like most of Magic's businesses don't really work out. No, a lot of his businesses are they do well because his name is Magic Johnson. Yeah, remember that talk show he had <laughs> it lasted for like a week. Yes, of course I remember his talk show. It was the great. That's my favorite. By the way, that's my favorite rumor scenario is that Magic's gonna gonna just put it on his own shoulders, and after they fire Luke Walton and, and take take over as the coach of the team, I'm like, well, oh, that would be the best. That would be amazing. You know, he was coach of the Lakers, right? I know. 
Yeah. But I'm saying like this would be his like Riley move, you know, where he's like <laughs> with the Heat ninety in in 2006 or whatever. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna just take over the team myself. It's like good luck with that, Madge. <laughs> <laughs> well, and not only that, I mean, he's just, I mean, the way that, I mean, I guess in a way that move would work because LeBron's pretty much the coach anyway or wants to be the coach or just wants the coach to be a mouthpiece for his wishes and that's i mean in retrospect probably obviously what tyloo was but yeah except magic can't can't afford to come down and be the coach because he's gonna have to come down to be a player after the <laughs> trade most of the team to yeah. the pelicans for one dude who is well, the funny thing is, is like, for half the season. So the funny thing is, is like the only reason the Pelicans would even want like a Michael Beasley is just to screw the Lakers anyway, <laughs> you know, and to salt the earth so that they couldn't actually, you know, field a competitive team because Michael Beasley's a free agent at the end of the season anyway. But yeah. <laughs> Well, they've also got. Oh, I forgot. Part of, as part of the plan, they also the Lakers also had agreed to take back the awful Solomon Hill deal. Well, oh, absolutely. But the funny thing is, the one guy they can't trade is the one guy. The that, other clutch guy. <laughs> that <laughs> LeBron had only already clutch, shipped out early. Only this clutch season. allowed. <laughs> uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope, who has a trade veto. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> so absolutely funny. genius i just honestly like i want to know like if i'm the lakers like if i'm genie bus or whomever in the bus family sitting back and saying oh wait a minute <laughs> we're gonna trade everyone for anthony davis who while talented is often injured and can only play and and <laughs> one position and we're can only play well, not seven only that, guys but, but like Anthony Davis, compare him to other "quote unquote" superstars that have led their team to more than two playoff appearances in their first seven or eight years. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's not like you're trading for. It's not like you're trading for Paul George or Kawhi Leonard or James Harden. Or, James Harden, yeah. or even Jimmy Butler, right? Like guys yeah. that have actually led their teams to the playoffs a lot. And granted, that part of that is on New, or- New Orleans because they they kept not putting decent players around Anthony. They Davis, traded but... the guy who is the second best shooter in the league right now for Demarcus Cousins, who isn't even on their team anymore. Yeah, yeah. Although, what probably would be had he not gotten injured? Well. True, but Buddy Heald, I mean, by most accounts, second best shooter in the league after Steph Curry right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, looking look, like a really good player. Sacramento's been a real nice surprise. Yeah. And and kudos and the to the coaching they, staff. The better they are, the worse uh, the chances that the Celtics actually get that pick <laughs> to yeah. convey. Which is fantastic. Yeah, that's a whole other thing with the Celtics. But... I, I don't know. I'm surprised that uh, not surprised. I I for reasons I put in the in the live thread that Kyrie skipped this game. I mean, why <laughs> why why have to talk to 
to the the Joe Vardens and Chris Fedors of the world about about well, why'd you call LeBron now and why you know and why why'd you why'd you decide to back away from your comments that you were going to definitely re-sign with the the Celtics after you made that ad with your dad and you know why uh, you know why uh, why do you think they you know Anthony Davis is <laughs> dad doesn't want him to come play with you. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> who wants to answer those questions? Oh, absolutely. And of course the other part of that is they probably know they can beat the Cavs without Kyrie. So uh he'll duck Delhi one more time. <laughs> Delhi with a couple fantastic dimes tonight. Oh yeah. Oh, and that that nine one one deep three to beat the the buzzer on that one. Oh, possession. absolutely. And, but that one bounce pass he had to blossom game. Was that was awesome. Ridiculous. <laughs> it was really good. And blossom, Jaron blossom game still with the Cavs. Amazingly. I was surprised to he's got, see. He's got good athleticism. Oh no, he does. The problem is uh, my issue with him is he doesn't really have an NBA position in that he kind of has the verticality and athleticism and length of a four, but can't shoot well enough to be a three. Yeah. Um, no, he needs he needs to work on his three ball. He needs to yeah, be a absolutely. three. A th- he needs to be a three and D guy that can go up and get and get lobs if, if needed. Right, right now he's an and D guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Colin Sexton, fantastic game tonight. Played almost forty two minutes. I mean, he was out yeah. there a lot. Um, really attacked the rack well. Uh, finished well. Uh, finished. I mean, until the fourth. Excuse me, fourth quarter, obviously. Although he still doesn't use the backboard, which drives me crazy. But <laughs> he did on those first couple of drives where he he just got he had a quick a quick uh, way to get by those guys. He was a little craftier with his dribble. He was definitely changing speeds well, and um, he was playing with confidence. He attacked early and he just kept attacking. Yeah, and made me excited for the future. I mean, I clearly, as I have said multiple times, I am not judging him this season, at least yeah. not negatively, because there's so much can happen between this year and next year. Obviously, next year, the odds are we'll get a completely new coaching staff, and yeah. he just seems like a guy that just has to learn and develop into his role. So until that happens, it's hard to take much away from what he does, although he has been a much better shooter than we thought he would be. And tonight, three of seven from three, definitely taking threes more than twos, which was really happy. Only saw a couple long twos that, you know, still infuriated me, but uh, it wasn't as bad as Jordan Clarkson tonight. So, yeah, no, it was it was uh, it was progress. And that was. Yeah. That's the best thing you can say about it is that they they played with energy. Yeah, they played solid defense. They they had some lapses, but they there were individual guys that played pretty good defense. And if they communicate better and don't turn the ball over, quite yeah, as they much, had a lot of turnovers tonight. It seemed like um, what was the turnover? Well, count? and well, and it wasn't a, it wasn't necessarily a lot. It just was it, it really in our opportune times. They yeah. they would go on like these like 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 jags of where where I think they had one one point in the the second or third quarter where they turned the ball over like three straight times and it you just can't do that and maintain any any sort of consistency so yeah offensive rhythm exactly yeah but 
it was it was nice if this is Ellis uh, Ellis I was thinking Ellis Burke Alex Burke's last game I think he went out on a really high note. No, um, he's he's played really well as a Cav, and honestly, if they don't trade him, I mean, if they, I think the rumor I've heard is unless they get, you know, a first round draft pick out of him or a high second round draft pick, they're probably not going to move him. That makes and, sense. And the other part of it is, I would not be upset to see them trade him and then try to resign him in the off season because I think. He's played really well for them, brought them a lot of energy on offensive and defense. And I just think he, I think with them trying to dump salaries, I think he'd be out of the price range that you'd want to pay. If you can get him on a mid-level, he might be the a guy that you would not mind having on your team. I mean, and obviously he's going to get minutes with them, but yeah, I could just see him getting outbid by a by a more of a playoff team, though. Oh. Yeah, the problem is it's going to be a week. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen this off season? Oh I mean, yeah, it's going to be in, it's going to be chaos. It is absolutely, and on there's going to be a lot of dominoes. <laughs> I mean, look already the Porzingis trade came out of nowhere. Yeah, that trade that almost happened today. The the Toronto was trying to get. Uh, Gasol and Conley for Lowry and uh, uh, Valanciunas. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. And then, of course, now the rumor is Marc Gasol to Utah and Con or Marc Gasol to <laughs> Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, and then Conley to Utah, which is kind yeah. of nuts. Um, so yeah, there's going to be a lot that happens in the next few days. Um, the Cavs have obviously made themselves. Doesn't Utah a, have like, well, I guess they don't have a backup for Rubio, but I can't imagine. Well, they Conley do. It's be, Dante Exum, but yeah, but like I said, they yeah. don't have a backup for. Well, Rubio would be in that deal, so. Oh, he'd go back. Yeah, although I heard Marcus Saul to Utah too, and I'm like, does Marcus Saul and Rudy Gobert make any sense in today's NBA? I mean, I guess if Favors was going back, but. Yeah, exactly. But then you'd play you'd play Gasol the four, right? <laughs> I guess that seems like an enormous lineup. I mean, I guess Rudy is very agile and can <laughs> play five feet off guys and block shots, but it, it seem it does not seem like a recipe for sustained success. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, and the Cavs have kind of made themselves available as. You know, we will take a guy that whose contract lasts beyond this year if you're trying to dump him, if we can get draft picks or a good young player out of him. And <laughs> you may see something like that. And the, the Cavs may end up with Solomon Hill for a Alec Burks. For, for J.R. Smith, maybe. Or J.R. Smith, yeah. Although I had the best... Um, Twitter exchange with somebody the other day he was like, I can't stand the New York Knicks announcers referring to him as Smith Jr. The other, all the time. And I was like, for this reason alone, J.R. Smith has to go back to the Knicks so they can have J.R. <laughs> Smith and Smith Jr. I mean, that would just be so so fantastic. But <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. And then I I feel like uh, the the Mavs may still want to move Courtney Lee. Um, so the, but although they don't have any draft picks to give to anybody to take him. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, 
I mean, and kudos on the Mavs. I thought actually that was a really good trade for them. So I I don't know. I don't, I don't like don't. Dennis Smith Jr. that much. So I know you don't. Here's my problem: the two first rounders. Oh, like, if they were just doing that trade for, because look, Porzingis is uh, he's super talented. I I I don't dispute that, but is he's a big man with the same sort of issues as. You know, when it, when a big man has knee and foot issues, like that's a problem. Oh, so, absolutely. It's a risk, and there's no guarantee he resigns with Dallas. I mean, I'm sure Cuban will talk him into it. And oh, I, there's he'll use the, been the, the, the dirt, the dirt that, card, and the, the the being able to play with Luca, and I'm sure I'm sure they'll be able to get him to sign there long term. But is he really going to walk away from 150 million dollars after coming off a knee issue? You know, Depend, depends on if he wants to play in Dallas or not. I the guess the only agent that would do that is <laughs> Rich Paul. <laughs> yeah, like or, the Maryland contract. Yeah, or as someone said, there is a Paul over the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, look the the problem becomes is like if you let's say let's say. Porzingis comes back great, and he and Doncic are like ripping up the league for the first half of next year, and then all of a sudden, Don- all of a sudden, Porzingis goes down with another injury, and then you finish, you finish in the lottery, high lottery, but you're still in the lottery. All of a sudden, you're, you know, I don't know if it was a pick for next year, but you don't know what the protections are. Yeah, I don't know what they are. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what protections are, are either, but I would assume. Dallas would do would be smart about that. I haven't looked into it, but I don't know. That was the part of it I didn't like. No, yeah, I agree with you. But everything else I liked about it. I think, and I I know it's like you know, Ben Worth will will as you say move to Mavs the blog. So well, the other part of it though is that you have to take risks in the NBA. I mean, you cannot get better without taking a risk. Sure, Um, and you know. I, it's a risk I don't mind. As a as a coach, you're betting on a player, you know, who's shown a pretty good work ethic and has shown an ability to develop himself into a player. Uh, continuing to do that. Are you surprised New Orleans turned down Porzingis and whatever the Knicks were offering for Davis? Uh, is that? Did they say they did that? Yeah. Oh, I I hadn't heard that. So they yeah. turned down Porzingis and basically the same package they gave. Same the package. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, the one thing I've heard about the Knicks is that they, I'm sorry, the Pelicans is that they are very different in terms of an NBA front office in uh, as opposed to other teams in the NBA. They run their squad a lot more like an NFL team. Uh, for better or worse, and they um, they kind of want to shop it around and, you know, hold teams' feet to the fire and see how much they can get. And to me, I mean, the funny thing is, is to me, it makes it more and more look like, it makes it more and more apparent how much the Cavs got fleeced in the Kyrie Irving deal. <laughs> well... 
here's the I difference. I mean, we've, and we've beaten that horse no, to death. But. No, but I'm going to give you the, the difference why they're not the same. Right? Okay. It's very, it's very simple why they're not the same. LeBron James. <laughs> okay. So in, in New Orleans, and by the way, even in the Kawhi, the Kawhi Leonard deal, <clears throat> who's the other big star that's there that's going to put pressure on you to say, hey, if this guy doesn't want to be here, bring me somebody good. Or, hey, let's, let's, let, let me try to talk to this guy and, and see if we can get him to stay, right? So on one hand, you've got organizations that the Spurs are well run. The, the Pelicans haven't really been. But, you know, whether it's the, the deal that Dems tried to make eight years ago with the, in the, with the Chris Paul thing or the, um, you know, the, the firing of Monty, what's his name, um, to not really putting enough good guys. Oh, um, they were turning it around. Monty Williams. Like, yeah, Monty Williams. I, like, I felt like the Miritich deal was a pretty good one. Obviously, they, they found something in um, – uh, Who's the dude that went there from that was the on Lakers. Philly? No, the Philly and the the Nets. Um, oh, um, Drew Holiday. No, the big guy and the uh, like Okafor. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean they've turned him into something. So they've 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 kind of like put together a decent team finally, and then just at that point, you know, Davis signs with Clutch and says I'm I'm out of here, right? So. But there's no there's no one there putting any pressure on them. So what what do they care? They got nothing to lose. They just sit around and say, "Fine, you know what, Anthony, you can just sit on the bench for the rest of the season because we don't care. Like we'll just hold you. You'll just you'll just sit on the on the bench and we'll play you not to pay or pay you not to play, and then we'll trade you to whatever team we want to in the summer, or maybe we won't." Because what's the pressure? There's no pressure. There's no LeBron James saying, "I have a window of." of championship titles you need to do something i mean you you always have to take that into account when it comes to that and i think they were looking at that and add on top of that what we talked about earlier which is dan gilbert's ego versus lebron's ego and dan gilbert probably thought well i'm gonna go out and get the best i'm gonna go out and get the best package i can as quickly as i can because i don't want to sacrifice a window and I don't, you know, I don't oh, care. The- I, I totally think it's the opposite. Dan Gilbert was like, I've got to protect myself when LeBron for when LeBron leaves. So I got to restock the cupboard here. And, and oh, there's a five foot nine point guard who's really good. Well, that's the <laughs> that's the Achilles deal, really. Speaking did you, of, did you see my tweet about? Wall? Did you see my tweet about all the tiny point guards the Cavs could draft with all the draft picks Kobe Altman has accumulated? <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they were all available in the second I, round. I was very, very, very proud like of like 17 one. second rounders in the next five years. So, uh, uh, well, it was funny. It's not like the NFL where you can trade multiple second rounders for a first rounder. You can if the team you're trading to is the Cavs. is an is an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can use them to move up sometimes, but actually, to me, the real value of second rounders is draft and stash guys. You know, because you look at guys who come over in the second round, you've got Porzingis, you've got Chetty Osman, you know, there are guys that you can get in the second round from overseas that you can take a flyer on and 
hey, they may pan out, they may not, but that's the value to me of having second round picks. Right. But who besides the Spurs actually are successful at doing that? Denver. Maybe the <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. And maybe the you Sixers. Know. Oh, and uh the Nets. Courage. That that crazy psycho I, small forward. I don't know about that guy. I like that guy. I enjoy watching. Oh, well, of course play. you do. <laughs> I you know me and my tryhards. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know. He's on team. He's on the All Star Nate Smith team. Oh yeah, he is. He's on the Fad Young All Stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I forget what I was. I I've lost. I told. I totally derailed you. Oh train. no, that was my point though. LeBron James. That's the biggest difference between. Oh yeah, he puts the Anthony Davis situation and the floor. and the Kyrie situation. Like, let's think about it. If the if LeBron hadn't come back, and it was the same situation where Kyrie Irving was the Cavs' biggest star, and they hadn't won a title, but you know they've made a couple of playoff runs, and you know, but basically the same th- same situation that Anthony Davis has. And Kyrie had signed the extension, but he was, you know, he was two years away. And and he was like, yeah, I don't really want to be here. I really want to go play in New Orleans with Anthony Davis or go play in L.A. with, you know, whoever. You know what I mean? Like, it would have been, that would have been a similar situation where Dan Gilbert could have sat back and said, okay, well, I'm going to wait till the summertime and field every offer I possibly can. Because I don't care where you want to go. I, I'm I only care about who's going to give me the most stuff for you, you know for the, the for you for the next two years of your avail- of your availability before you bolt in free agency, you know. And if obviously there's always going to be it's always a trade off because the teams that can offer more are sometimes are the teams that that are on the list already. So they're like, well. We know he wants to come here anyways, so we could maybe wait you out. But that's backfired on the Lakers a couple of times. And I think that's why they're pushing all their chips into the middle of the table to try to get Anthony Davis before the deadline. Because if they don't, then a lot can change between now and the summertime. And is <laughs> Anthony Davis is sitting out, of, uh, sitting out at home for a few months and is getting antsy. Very, oh, uh, very easily could wind up expanding his list well, beyond beyond just the collusion alibi list that he has that Rich Paul circulated list. right now. So. What was it? The Clippers, the Bucks, the Knicks, and yeah. the all the teams that basically don't have enough to trade for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the one team that could offer the most can't make an offer till the summer. Because of Kyrie Irving. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's very interesting. I mean, <laughs> I guess the Knicks could if they include their unprotected first round pick. But as I've kind of noted, the way the lottery are, odds are this year, I mean, I'm almost wondered if the Cavs should trade their draft pick now since they have basically a less than 50% shot of being in the top four or five. Right. Um, but the problem is, what do you trade it for? Because yeah, you Would just you trade don't know. It for Drew Holiday? No, because it could still wind up being a transformational player, whereas Drew Holiday is a really nice player, but he's already 
what, 28, 29 years old? Yeah. You know what you know what Drew Holiday is. Drew Holiday is he, never a very good be... player, but he's not a yeah. guy that's going to no. change your franchise. Drew Holiday is like a a a great second or third star on a yeah. team that he's already has Andre Iguodala. No, he's better than that, I think. Yeah, but he's he's like a Chris Middleton on Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Right, only he can handle the ball too. So maybe more like uh, he's a second or third All Star at best. Yeah, but he's already formed. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's not even like a Donovan Mitchell where you're like that dude's ceiling's still big. Like he had a little bit of a step back at the beginning of this year from last year. Yeah, but year. he's been playing fantastic. But now, yeah, but now he's playing fantastic again because you you he's so young. You're like this guy could still explode because no one knew who he was when they drafted him 13th or whatever they did, anyways. And it's like, well, you know, guys like that, you just, you always, you there's always that, I mean, sort of the opposite of baseball, right? It's sort of like, you'd rather trade for the potential unknown and the ceiling of that than, than the known guy, just because you don't want to wait five years for him to develop in the minors, right? Like, <laughs> the NBA is different. Guys come in and they play right away and they they make an impact, especially guys that have enough experience and polish like that's why you know Donkic probably should have been the number one overall pick because he had so much more experience even though he was that young you know because he was playing against men when he was 16 right so oh yeah that's the difference is that you you look at guys like that that's why you're starting to see Bagley you know really make an impact whereas he was looked a little lost at the beginning of the year because He's starting to learn how to play against the against certain guys, and hopefully the same thing will happen with Sexton. But you just don't know. But the, this is why the draft is sort of the end all be all. That's why the the Pelicans are asking for four four number ones instead <laughs> of instead of a this sort of poo poo platter of second and third year players. They already know what they are. Like they yeah. know what what. They know, you, you know what Lonzo Ball is. You know you pretty much know what Ingram is. Uh, of all those guys, I feel like the jury's still a little bit more out on like Kuzma and Hart because they you know Kuzma's a good shooter. He needs to work on his defense, but he could be a great shooter, you know, with his length. And Hart, you just don't know. Hart was great last year, and then this year he's been kind of a disappointment. So. You know, Zubach is really interesting because because of his height and because of his his uh, activity underneath. But they're all just okay, right? None of them are like yeah. stand out. Like, wow, that guy! I'd be amazing to pry that guy from the Lakers. You're not yeah, saying that about any of these guys. They don't have a Kyrie Irving. No, uh, if, if, you know, Kyrie Irving Orleans, as a Laker came into or as the as a Cav came into the league sure. fully formed. Yeah, you know, he, well, he didn't Kyrie Irving into- was who he was. I mean, he got obviously got better, but. You could tell from the beginning he he, he was he's always ridiculous. had a, yeah he's, he's always been one of the best ball handlers ever and he's only gotten better in that and he's really become a, an amazing clutch shooter especially so, when he's playing with his dad so <laughs> <laughs> now look I, as much as I'll bag on Kyrie as much as the next guy no, he still hit I, he still he, hit the greatest shot in in Cleveland sports history so and I will to this day say he is one of the absolute best closers in the NBA yeah I mean just 
you got a guy that you need to make two free throws. Like, I don't know if there's a guy. He and Steph Curry are probably the two guys in the league. If I got, if I need two free throws, that's who's getting the ball. You know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and but that's or that, or if yeah. I need somebody to hit a clutch shot, those are the two guys right now to me that are taking that shot. Yeah, but that's kind of my point. Like, I'm yeah. not sure if I'm the Cavs who I would trade that number one pick for. But it would have to be somebody transformational, and that's fair. I mean, and I even I, even though they might wind up with you know the fifth pick, but yeah. they still with the fifth pick they could still wind up with a a John Morant or uh, who's that other that other uh, that was a Jason or, Smith Junior kid or, or, or Michael or Reddish, you know? Yeah, or Reddish might slide to or fifth. Barrett you know? might slide. A lot of people think. Reddish, it's better than Barrett now. So yeah, I mean, no, it's totally, it's totally conceivable. And the one thing that kind of drives me, has driven me nuts about the Cavs is they kind of haven't recognized that, hey, you can get a transformational player at, you know, where the Bucks got Giannis Adetokounmpo or where, um, Denver got Jokic. You have to find that player, but, and the farther down you are, the odds are higher, but it's not as if you can't find that player there. Or where Golden State got Draymond Green, you know. Although he's been he's been bad this year. Offensively, but he's still great on defense. So Yeah. He's been I feel like very that's even slipped. He's yeah. had a very high standard deviation, I'll give him that. Right. Which is so a deviation you, you might expect from a second rounder. <laughs> would you trade for Markel Fultz? What's your, what's no, your take no. on Markel Fultz? You think nope. he's... Broken, you, damaged goods. You think you agree with Benworth. He's no good. <laughs> yep. I didn't think he was good before, before no, he No, and I keep trying to find the podcast where I said he had the biggest bust potential, but I can't find it, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, he's... If he can't turn it around, I think he I think he trumps uh, Gumdrop Bear. Really? Yeah. Well, why I, not? I think the only thing about that is a lot. At of least Gumdrop say, Bear got us got us uh, Kevin Love. <laughs> That's true. The only thing I'll say about that is at least with Fultz, there is a quote unquote injury that you can kind of point to. But yeah, no, I I agree with you. He's been. It's been bizarre. Let's put it that way. I mean, at least at least Gumdrop Bear is like trying to repurpose his career in the in the G League right now. Yeah. Oh, and is playing really well in the G League actually. But the funny thing is to me right now is like how many guys in the league, and this isn't really Gumdrop Bear, but it is you know a Marco Fultz and it is an Anthony Davis, and it is a Kyrie Irving. How many guys, and Kawhi Leonard, how many guys' family members right now in the NBA are (laughs) as big of a story as the player themselves? Like, what is up with that? It's America, man. Everybody (laughs) wants their 15 minutes now. Well, and it's also generation helicopter parent. (laughs) Yeah. Look, this whole Lakers madness has even brought, uh, even brought, uh, LeVar. Uh, yeah, LeVar out of the woodwork again. (laughs) Where I he's like saying, I don't want, Phoenix. yeah, I want my kid to go to Phoenix, not New Orleans. I'm like, really, man? Like, you'll have more fun in New Orleans. 
Well, not only that, it's like New Orleans is actually a team that makes more sense. I mean, Drew Holiday doesn't even play the point. Alfred Payton, clearly not the long-term solution. You know, with the team they have, they actually have a, you know, a pretty good squad. Wouldn't you rather have Lonzo Ball there than... I think all, all, uh... All uh, logic, Lavar. No, all Lavar's thinking about. I think is the is the next deal, and oh, you can't absolutely. if you can't show out next year or the rest of this year and and next year with wherever he goes, then he's not getting anywhere close to a you know that that big time extension. So, and then you start getting into the whole you know you're playing the Rodney Hood game. Oh yeah. So I think that's probably had more to do with it than anything because also that New Orleans is the smallest NBA market in the league. So that if you look at it true. from that perspective, it's like, well, how are you going to sell your big baller brand? How are you going to sell, and you know, Phoenix your is the closest team to LA, you know, outside of, you know, Sacramento and oh, yeah. Golden State. Oh, people love, people love their basketball in Phoenix. Yeah. Although what was the rumor I read earlier was, uh, um, Anthony Davis of Sacramento, <laughs> which I don't think you'd ever see, but it was was funny. Regardless, yeah. well, I mean, you know, Vivek would be the the crazy guy that would actually give them four number ones for him, probably. <laughs> Possibly, yeah, that guy is that nuts. Yeah, he'll just say call Vlade and say, "Hey, man, <laughs> trade everything." Yeah. Trade all these dudes back to, to New Orleans. Yeah. So have you watched any college this year? Have you seen any of the not, guys on the Cavs radar? Not any other than just Twitter highlights and I, I saw like uh, one one Duke game earlier. Yeah, I, I've watched some in passing, although I will say Zion, every time I like watch him, he looks just literally a man among boys. He bricked that dunk tonight, though, man. Started thinking maybe. He... I didn't see that one, but no, oh, it's on the live thread. Check it out. Oh, but yeah. uh, I don't know. I I'll, I'll will say this. I I've always had more of a of a passing interest. In, I used to love college basketball when I was in high school and college. Yeah. And then I found really since I moved out here, um, like I've gone to a couple of USC and UCLA games, but. For the most part, I don't really pay attention until it gets close to tournament time. You know, like I'll watch like the big, like the like the the Big Ten tournament and the you know the the Big East tournament and stuff like that leading up to it. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't pay attention till March. <laughs> Late I think it's a lot of people who aren't. I think it's a lot of people who aren't either in college or and a dedicated just, alumni. Yeah, yeah. I think it's hard. Oh, it totally is. The other thing is, is the one and done era has made it very tough. I mean, yeah. the last really great four year player was a guy who was pretty much a tryhard in the NBA, and that was Tyler Hansborough. So, if it wasn't Buddy Hield a four year player. Uh, I think he came out as a junior. Oh, okay. Yeah, but the funny thing is, is he's actually older than Anthony Davis, which is funny. <laughs> Although Buddy Heald, you know, fantastic this year, and to me, to me, the NBA 
if you are a late first round team, you would do better to take a junior or a senior at this point than you would you would to take an unproven freshman. You know, sure. give me give you someone that can contribute as a role player rather than somebody who's just going to sit on your bench. So yeah, but it, you know they haven't figured that out yet. So who else was a long? Didn't Brogdon stay in for a while? Yeah, Brogdon was a, was a three a four year player, I believe. Yeah, there's a few of them. Yeah, some guys that still you know play a while and they get the experience, especially if they they play for good coaches. But uh, who's the uh, Jalen Brunson for the Mavs, who is now their backup point guard now that Dennis Smith Jr. is on is gone. Although I think he is their starting point guard now. So I think he's their starting point guard in name only because I think well yeah Luca Luca handles the ball most of the time. Yeah. So. yeah. It's interesting. It's going to be a real interesting couple of days here leading up to the trade deadline. Yeah, the trade deadline is going to be nuts this year. I feel like, like, I feel like a lot of teams are, like, you look at a team like Portland. Like, is Portland going to be happy just being the third or fourth seed again? Well, they have Rodney Hood now, so they might win it all. <laughs> but, or as I call him, the left-handed Clay. That's right. Lefty. <laughs> lefty <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know I, I mean what what's your single takeaway from the Rodney Hood era uh pain, pain. Isn't that what Clubber so, Lang says before the before the fight pain so so my uh single takeaway was RPM was right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, RPM pegged him as the worst player in the league last year to get regular rotation minutes. And I certainly didn't see anything that dissuaded me from that in the playoffs last year or the regular season this year. He looked incredibly tentative. Um, I will say this about Rodney. I think, I think Rodney Hood is, is best in a, in a good system. And he had a good system. He had a good system in Utah. The bad system under two different coaches in Cleveland, and I think I don't know. I mean, Terry Stotts is a pretty good coach, so maybe he'll find himself up there. And, and maybe Rodney will figure out where his shots are coming from. Yeah, I just well, yeah. saw him. I just saw a picture of him sitting behind. C. Oh, is he McCollum. playing tonight? No, is he's he playing, not. He's oh, they're not still all waiting tonight. out, right? He's not dressed tonight. So. Is that why Stauskas and is someone well, waiting Stauskas for physical? And um, I can't remember the other guy's name. Nick's Baldwin, guys. the lesser known Baldwin, Baldwin brother, Baldwin uh, <laughs> Wade Wade Baldwin the fourth. Wade Baldwin the fourth. There you go. Um, Sauce Castillo and and WB four um, did not suit up. They did not get off the plane till this afternoon. I don't believe so. Oh, okay, so that's why Hood can't play. Yeah, probably the same reason. So that's too bad. Yeah. Although, I mean, the funny thing is, is I still think he has one of the best jumpers in the NBA, but to yeah. me, the moment just was always too big for him. He'll um, probably take a lot of, uh, what Evan Turner's, uh, minutes, right. Or maybe some of Jake Lehman's minutes. As long as it doesn't require rebounding. <laughs> <laughs> they got, they got Nurkic for that. They do. And Aminu. And Aminu. They got they got uh, Chetty one or uh, not Chetty Zizic one point oh. 
for that. Right. Well, they got Zach Collins too. He's pretty good. Yeah. Right? Well, and they got Myers Leonard. Yeah, they got a lot of bigs. They're Myers, one of those teams. Myers kinda... Leonard is garbage, man. Come on. Oh, I know. No, they, I just say that as if they're one of those teams with a lot of money tied up in big men. Yeah, much I like don't the Cavs. I don't know what they're doing with with My- Myers Leonard. Like well, that they, dude should have been gone. Yeah, yeah, they paid him a lot of money after his rookie year. Meyer Lemon is what he should be called. <laughs> but boom, boom. Yeah. Speaking of like, like bad observations, do you not think that uh, Daniel Tice or Tease or whatever looks like is a, is a dead ringer for Chris Martin of uh, Coldplay? I don't know Chris. Martin. If he had, a, he's a guy that was he was married to Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh Paltry. no, I know who he is. I just don't know what he looks like that well. And Google, Google him. Look, look, look at it. Okay. Do like a side by side. I, I gotta go. If see you gave him, him a buzz cut. He'd look just like uh, Daniel Tease or Tice. Chris Martin, Coldplay. I just don't want any gooblings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a stretch, man. Uh, from the side. That's a stretch. Not necessarily dead on, but like from the side, he kind of looks like him. I guess. I'm trying to think of who that guy reminds me of. It's it's not Chris Martin, though. All right. Chris Martin is a little too thin everywhere else is the problem. I'm not talking about bodies. I'm just talking about face. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I can't get a pop singer out of my head that doesn't look like a tatted up Adam Levine right now. Give me a week and then maybe I, I will get I will be able to process pop singers. I did not watch the Super Bowl, no. I was um so I'm not a huge NFL you're, fan. You're lucky. Yeah, you're lucky. I, I heard it was bad. And plus my two favorite NFL teams are the Saints and the Chiefs. So, so it yeah. was kind of like I can't. Yeah, it, it was. Well, by the way, that would have been a much better game. Oh, it would have been a much better game. Yeah, I heard it was. It was pretty horrible and just unwatchable. And the ads didn't make it any better. Well, <laughs> the only ad I saw was the Bud Light corn syrup ad, which had the corn lobby all pissed off, which I thought was hilarious, but. But like, why does anyone care if you're drinking beer? Yeah, exactly. Do care corn syrup or what? Who cares? You're drinking beer, dude. Yeah. Like you're you're <laughs> like, you're gouging your liver on with each swig. So well, the funny thing about it is, like, any like serious craft beer person, it's like, do I care if it's corn syrup or rice flour? No. <laughs> you know, no. it really you really don't care. <laughs> I just wonder why they think people care. No, they like, don't. Why does, it was a terrible Why does commercial. that become the, okay, we got to come up with a funny way to convey this weird fact well, to the masses? Well, the other thing was the um the dude and... Oh, God, I hated that. <laughs> that was a, I saw that commercial, and I was like, really? Like, I get maybe... The dude sold out, man. Oh, the dude sold out. The dude sold out. The dude abides. You know, I thought was a, was the dumbest one, the dumbest commercial though. Well, the the TurboTax or whatever, uh, like creepy robot child aside. <laughs> okay. It's the um, the Andy Warhol Burger King commercial. Oh, where Andy Warhol? There's is... no one 
who eats Burger King. <laughs> who knows who the who hell Warhol is. <laughs> and if they did, or they happened to Google him just because they were curious, they'd be like, I'm not eating Burger King anymore. <laughs> exactly. Yes, it, it it was an odd Super Bowl. I I want to see where the ratings ended up. Have have they was, released was, those yeah, yet? Was like, I'm pretty sure it was one of the worst uh, in the last ten years. Yeah, I well I can't doubt that because a people are sick of seeing the Patriots. B it was a terrible terrible game. I mean <laughs> Tony Kornheiser three, three at the end of the third period. <laughs> yeah, and Tony Kornheiser was like. I was riveted, and Michael Wilbon, you know, I listened to Kornheiser on Monday, and Michael Wilbon was like, this game was a dog. It was not good defense. It was bad <laughs> offense. Yep. No, <laughs> it was just not good at, at, at all. Yeah. No, I mean, it would have been more exciting to see Chiefs Saints because then it would have been high scoring. It's, yeah. but, but here's the thing. This is the problem. The NFL, the, pro, the NFL product, the thing that they've been touting – over the last couple of years is that everything is offensive. People want to see points scored, you know, protect the quarterback, protect Fantastic the wide receivers. catches, you know. Yes. Yeah. Score. We want touchdowns. We don't want field goals. We want touchdowns. Like we made it harder to kick field goals by putting the goalposts closer together and making even extra points back an extra five yards. Cause we want teams to be more incentivized to go for touchdowns, not field goals. How, but then, then you and you have these high-scoring uh, championship games that go to overtime, and then you're like, oh, okay, well, what's what? What do we want to have to cap off that season? A thir- a thirteen to three Super Bowl, <laughs> where a touchdown wasn't scored until there was like seven minutes left in the game with a terrible slew of commercials, and then give me your review of the halftime show. I mean, I'm not a Maroon Five fan, but. It was what I imagine a Maroon Five concert would look like. You know what I mean? Like, m- minus the, you know, the, I mean, or plus the the Travis Scott, you know, Astro World, you know, sp- weird SpongeBob intro of Sicko Mode, which was just only kind of half-hearted. So I don't know. I mean, it was it was exactly what you would expect from a a Maroon Five halftime show. I, I don't think. <laughs> Like they are not a transcendent act. You don't you no. don't say, "Oh, I can't wait to go see a Maroon Five concert," unless you're a, a teenage girl. So, <laughs> or you were a teenage girl 15 years ago, <laughs> sure, or at least 10 years ago. But look, I get it, Adam or, Levine's, or you're my wife. <laughs> Adam Adam Levine is one of uh, one of NBC's stars. Yeah, right. So on the on the Voice, so that made sense and. He was one of the few that didn't turn them down because of the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. So, you know, because there's a lot of those, you know, that's what I think that was what was all the flack was about. Right. That that they agreed to do it when people like Rihanna and others turned it down. So yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, look, I thought Gaga was great last year. Was that last year? Um, she parachuted in from the. I think so. And then, then there's been some. There's been some really good ones, you know. But yeah, this was you get what you pay for. Well, so the, I I saw a really good question. So, who who should have the next Super Bowl halftime show? 
Uh, here are the rules. They have to appeal to at least half the country. They have to be mostly politically agnostic. They have to have at least six PGA-rated radio hits. And they can't have done a halftime show before. I was like, that's a tough list. And Yeah, probably like Ed Sheeran. I don't know. So here was my list. Carlos Santana would be a good one, because then you could just get a lot of celebrity singers with him. Uh, Garth that's a good Brooks, point. And plus, the next one's in Miami. Garth Brooks has never done a halftime show, and he's probably the number one U.S. recording artist ever in the U.S. Right. Uh, I thought Jack White would be a good one. Especially, yeah, he's too he's too eclectic. They, not enough yeah, people like Jack White. I know Adele. I thought would be a good one. Uh, all our songs are really moody and slow. Yeah, though, that's the, the most, problem, right? Yeah, Dave yeah. Matthews. I think would be a really good one. I just don't think anybody cares about Dave Matthews anymore. Well, yeah, I, I, that might be also the issue. Rihanna would be a good one, as you just said. Uh, Queen, she won. Yeah, Queen would be a good one if you had all cameo singers. I think that would be a really fun show. Yeah, I mean... But, that's, yeah, I guess. again, they're almost a little too political, though. You know? Yeah, I like, mean... Who else do you have on that list? That's a tough list. Uh, well, what was the one I saw? Oh, the one I saw was, it's going to be Pitbull and Flo Rida next year in Miami. And maybe <laughs> Will Smith. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> and Gloria Estefan will make an appearance. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, what about like has did Bruno Mars do it yet? Yeah, I did. Yeah, but he was he'd be good for that. Well, for he Miami. did do it. He was um, good. Yeah. It's tough. Else? It's almost uh, like they're running out of. Uh, it, it's almost like they're running out of guys. Yeah, Bruno Mars did it in fourteen. And Springsteen ever? Huh? Springsteen, Springsteen has done it. it. Yeah. I Not remember, recently, right? Uh, it's been five or six years. Right. What year did Springsteen? I mean... 2009, so it's been longer than that. Right. I mean, he's, you can never go wrong with Springsteen, I guess. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's tough, man. I mean, and I don't know country well enough, to be honest with you. No, I don't either. I don't either. We I mean, have to do like someone like Rascal Flats or something like that, I guess, or, right? Uh, who's the Chris Stapleton? Maybe somebody like that. I mean, it, yeah. it's tough. No, sure. they'll do like they'll do like Ariana Grande or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somebody will token sign. Kaepernick. And then they'll bring out they'll they'll bring out like Nicki Minaj or something. Yeah, somebody will token sign Kaepernick next year, and then. <laughs> then like that's just, just happen. so they can just so they can have Rihanna at the halftime show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, maybe it'll be the Browns. They need a backup. They need a backup for Baker. Yeah, have they gotten rid of um, what's his name? No, but he'll, he'll Tyrod Taylor. And he'll leave yeah. though. It's because he's he's a free agent. I mean, oh, okay. I guess there's a world where he could come back as a you know as a for less as a one year on a one year deal as a backup if no one if you can't get a starting job somewhere then why not be Baker Mayfield's backup but um and they're going to keep Drew Stanton as like the mentor but he can't really play anymore so i think uh yeah they'll, they'll, they've talked about i've heard them talk about drafting somebody in the later rounds just a rookie to to be groomed you know so that do the patriot style where you just kind of 
groom guys and then trade them for first rounders in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, and and at, at, speaking of the Patriots, Brady has already, already said he'll he's back for sure. Oh no, he's playing, he says he's playing until he's forty five. <laughs> he said he's been I've been on record saying that. Oh, I'm I'm not arguing with you. <laughs> no, I'm saying like I I don't yeah. know how he'll do it, but and I guess you have to wait and see if you get there. But he didn't look like he couldn't play. So no. yeah, well, when you only got to score thirteen points, <laughs> I mean, he still had the only touchdown <laughs> drive of the game. So yeah, sad. <laughs> I I'm not a big NFL fan anymore. So I I I'm not sad to see them struggle, but. I so, wanted to be more invested in the Rams living out here, but I just couldn't really get into them. Yeah. And part of that was because the Browns had such a resurgent uh, second half, and seemed like with John Dorsey they start they started turning things around. So, well, and the crazy thing is, so our own uh, voice of Cavs, the tweets, uh, Elijah Kim is a big Rams fan, but yeah, it's it's hard. I feel like those guys are few and far between. Is dedicated Rams fans. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they're kind of a weird limbo team that doesn't have a dedicated following other than, you know, diehard people. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's still a big, I mean, there are LA Rams fans still around from oh, absolutely. before they left, but. Yeah, a lot of them were, had become St. Louis Rams fans, and well, right, they, and you know they did have that great run in the '90s and the early 2000s. Uh, yeah. I guess it was the early 2000s, not the '90s, yeah. with Marshall Falk and and company. It was the late '90s. It was like '98, '99, and then into the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dion's hit two threes tonight. <laughs> well, important. I I could see him as a guy that the Heat could give away to um to with a first round draft pick um to a team like uh for a guy like Burks. <laughs> so so maybe we'll see Saint Weirdo in a Cavs uniform again. Bring Saint Weirdo back. So what would you like to see from the Cavs for the uh trade deadline? Um I'd like to get see them get value for Burks or keep him like you said. Um, I would like for them to find a home for Jr., but I don't think that's going to happen until the summer. Um, I'd love for them to find a way to get a first rounder because it'd be nice to have two this year. Because I think the whatever you know top five pick they get is the only one they have this year because they don't have a sec. I think they traded their second rounder away this year. I forget which deal it was, but one of three teams gets it. I think. Okay. Like the like like it's like Charlotte, the Knicks, or Memphis maybe get the Cavs second round pick depending on how yeah, it goes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and they certainly could end up with another second rounder. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot going on. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think who else I would move though. I mean, well, I, I don't think they're going to move. And there's an yeah, outside J- shot they move Tristan Thompson, but I think it's hard to do when he's injured right now. I just don't know where where do you move Tristan to? Like who takes that contract? Um well the Lakers might take him for um No, there's Solomon no way Hill. they would Solomon there's Hill. There's no way they would give up that much cap space. But Solomon Hill is like this 
you know, it's only five million a year more for him versus <laughs> Solomon Hill. <laughs> yeah, maybe the Cavs get one of those four first rounders. Yeah, I, <laughs> somehow I doubt that. Um, I doubt it too, but I was just saying there is there is that possibility. So, yeah, I mean, it's funny that <laughs> the team that could use him is the Celtics, actually. Yeah, the Celtics could use him. Um, Coming off the bench and just getting getting rebounds. Yeah, the Pelicans could use him. <laughs> I mean, sure. Um, <laughs> Charlotte uh, could use him for sure. I feel like, although if they get Gasol, that's a nice get for them. Um, I feel like Miami. He would be a lot better as a player than Hassan Whiteside, at least from a game to game basis. But who knows? They have Bam Adebayo though too. Yeah, that's true too. Although Who's they kind of. Kind of Tristan. I mean, he's a little more, a little more. Oh, he's ho- yeah. hoppy, but and can finish better. He can actually yeah. finish with one hand. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a tough one. I don't, I'm not sure what you would get back. I feel Tristan. like there's so many bigs that got overpaid that there's a glut of bigs in the league that can't shoot. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's a glut of those guys that I'm a big. I can finish on a pick and roll and I can block shots, but. That's about all I can do. You know? Would you trade? Would you trade Nawaba if you could get a first rounder back? Oh, if I get a, oh, that's tough. Yeah, probably depends on because it'd be a late first rounder because it'd probably be to a contender. I really like Nawaba. I like what I do too. I'm but, just saying, like, would you do it? It's also a guy who hasn't been able to stay healthy for the Cavs. So yeah, I don't think anybody will give him a first rounder for Nawaba, but I think there's maybe a possibility of a. Nawaba and you know Burks, maybe they could trade two or three guys for a first rounder. But at the most, you're going to get a late first rounder from a team like Houston. You know what I mean? Or a right. team like as long as you agree to take back like Brandon Knight. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and 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 that's a tough sell, but and it doesn't seem like they could unload Henson, right? Even though he's available. I, starting, I think, there's no, like a day there's of only, over of of before the overlap. So, well, the other thing is, is there's just he's got a whole other year on his contract, and until people have seen him play, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, and that's uh, honestly, I think me, I think the only guy that probably would move then is is uh, Burks and, and an outside shot at Jr. Yeah. Yeah, but don't you think teams would be a, you Cavs would get a lot more for Jr. in the summertime when yeah, his uh, yeah. deal is Possibly. like par- partially guaranteed? Po- possibly, yeah, yeah. That's hard to say. I mean, he, he's clutch, <laughs> it depends he's on a every... clutch client. He's a clutch client, so it depends on everything that happens between now and the summertime, too. <laughs> <laughs> A lot can happen in the summer. That's so. the point. Like if if the Lakers, if the Cavs went to the Lakers and said, "Hey, we'll give you Jr. He knows how to play with LeBron and he can shoot from the outside." I don't know if LeBron wants to play with Jr. anymore after last not, year's final. Maybe not. But it, I'm saying if they if they did wind up getting Solomon Hill, like if that deal did go through, and they said, and the Cavs said, "Look, we'll swap you if you throw in a, a number one pick. We'll take Solomon Hill and we'll send you Jr. and he'll at least be." outside shooting for you and his deal you know you can his his deal's not much starting next year he's not only partially guaranteed yeah, yeah. i mean 
that's that's an option for sure. Or a guy like Josh Hart, or you know, one of their young guys. Yeah. I mean, w- would you eat a sol- you know, th- nine million dollars of a Solomon Hill contract for a Josh Hart, or would I'd rather have the pick. Or would you? What about like a Zubach? You know, although yeah, like, but Zubach is kind of like just Zizich with with who's younger with more moves. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you say that as if that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, only that. No, only I, that the I Cavs, get He's the same. He's the same player. Like yeah, like people that complain freaking, about Ante being yeah. kind of kind of big and slow. That's basically Zubach. I mean, he's well, not going to bigs do the Cavs need. Well, yeah, and Zubac is best when he's got someone like LeBron dishing to him. Right, yeah. Like when LeBron's out was out, like Zubac's game really kind of fell off. Well, uh, like what is the greatest um, season of Mozgov's career? It's when he first came to the Cavs. And yeah. he had all those lobs from LeBron and Kyrie. So. JaVale McGee. Like JaVale McGee was great at the beginning of the season because LeBron was just throwing him lobs. Yeah. And, and Rondo. <laughs> exactly. It... <laughs> That's the problem with big, with big guys now in the league. It's going to be the problem with Anthony Davis. At least he started as a point guard, so he can handle the ball, and he can shoot from the outside. So he's he's versatile. But look, he he lost a coin flip to Paul George because the league's all about wing players now. Yeah, and to me. The the best problem with the Cavs and also maybe not as much the Lakers, but a lot of teams or like we were talking about Portland, they have so many minutes or so much money tied up in big men who are kind of unplayable. You can't play three bigs in the NBA, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And yeah. what do the Cavs have tied up in big men? You know, they got twelve million to Drew Henson. They got. Twenty-five million to Kevin Love. They got seventeen million to Tristan Thompson. They got nine million to Larry Nance, and they got another three million to Ante Zizic. I mean, there's only so many you can play. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, it's it's a lot, and yeah. that's the pro- and that's the problem. You know, it's like you can't just you just can't field a a team of big men. So. And you, and you know, with the with everyone going small, it's it's just untenable. Yeah, and Threon just hit another triple. Did he? Yeah. Oh, I might have to turn this game on. Yeah, it's fifty-two forty-two Miami. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've kind of beaten this horse into the ground, so uh, yeah. we will see what this trade deadline brings you. Brings us. We may. Who knows? We may have an emergency podcast on Thursday, depending on. What the day brings us. An emergency podcast to talk about Alec Burks going to Miami for Neon Dion. You never know. Hey, I would have a podcast to bring okay. St. Okay, Weirdo so back. I, not to drag it out, but let's say it was let's say it was Burks and Tristan for Dion uh, and Whiteside. I'd be happy with that. Yeah? I'm not a huge Whiteside. I don't know if that, I don't even know if that works in the trade. In it the does. Trade, I've looked. Uh, <laughs> oh right, because Whiteside and Tristan are both overpaid. Yeah, and 
And I would totally be, I would get on board with that. I mean, I think Whiteside would probably be awful in Cleveland just from a motivation standpoint, but I'd love to see Dion back. I enjoyed the Dion Waiters experience. I actually think Dion is another guy. Like, I, Dion played great with um, Delhi. Delhi as much like Clarkson does. So I'd love to, I'd love to see Dion back with the Cavs. So, yeah. Yeah, me too. So that'd be fun. So you heard it here first, Cavs fans. That's right. <laughs> wild, wild predictions for the yeah, Thursday trade. You got a pitch? Um, um, Mine's quick. I'll go first. So my, yeah, go first. my pitch is uh, The Expanse just came to Amazon Prime. Uh, it was kind of trapped in streaming limbo, but... Season four of The Expanse was saved by uh, the fans uh, when it went away from sci-fi and Amazon Prime picked it up. So uh, season three just got to Amazon Prime and it's supposed to be really, really good. I've only seen seasons one and two and they're fantastic. So best sci-fi show on TV, in my opinion, The Expanse. Check it out on Amazon Prime. Nice. So there you go. Uh, mine is Russian Doll. and It's out on Netflix uh, this week. If you get a chance, it's a eight episode, like half hour episode each, but it's, um, uh, it's, uh, I'm going to blank on her name. If you can afford the extra $3 a month. Since, Come on. Uh, <laughs> since if you can't, if you can't afford the extra $3 a month, write to me and I will, <laughs> I will do a Kickstarter in your name. There you go. For three dollars a month to pay the extra Netflix charge, but it's good. It's Natasha Leone is the lead character, and it's basically like Groundhog Day, the TV show, but it's fun. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But darker. Okay, and as like always, in a in a funny way. Yeah. And as Sorry. always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blog podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. And we're out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.